Well, let's look at Romans 15, 13. We've been in a series called The Source of Hope, um, and we're going to talk about that in the context of, of thanksgiving and praise. You know, it is Thanksgiving week, of course, and that fits right in. Uh, that's such a big element of what we're talking about here, and so we're going to spend some time on that. Special time of the year, Thanksgiving Eve. Um, I remember, you know, when we were at Raymond, even before, um, I remember when I, I was engaged to Shelly and went down there to visit her and um, at this time of the year, and this, you know, this night is when they turn on the Christmas night or Christmas lights at Rama. If you've never seen the Christmas lights at Rama, it's not just a building. They have a whole park where they have all the lights, and it's just beautiful. And so um, that's that. Before the Wednesday night service, they have that ceremony, and they turn on the lights, and um, you know, Pastor and Mrs. Hagen are out there. So I was down there um, visiting Shelley when um, they were doing that, and many years ago, and they still do that, and that's kind of a neat time, but Thanksgiving, you know, Eve, as we, as we go into celebrate tomorrow, it's a special time of the year. Let's look at Romans 15, 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the living, New Living Translation, says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the ERV, it says, I pray that God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace as you trust in Him. Then you will have more and more hope, and it will flow out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And one more in the Passion Translation, it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. May the power of the Holy Spirit continue, continually surround your life with this superabundance until you radiate with hope. So we see in these verses it says God's the source of hope. He gives hope. He's the fountain of hope. He's the God of hope. And it's saying here that as we look to Him that we would be filled with joy and peace as we trust Him, and then we would have more and more hope as we go forward. We would be expectant. We would um, be at peace. We would be radiating hope. In 1 Timothy 1.1, it says, Paul, an apostle of, of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Jesus Christ, or the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. He is... Our hope. In the NLT, it says, The letter is from Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, appointed by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. So, God, through the Lord Jesus, because we have a relationship with God through Lord, the Lord Jesus, He is the source of hope. He is the author of hope. He's the fountain of hope. He is the um, source of true hope on the earth. You can have things that 
you know, buoy you up for a little bit, but uh, he is the source of true hope. And we've spent some time talking about that. And so biblical hope means to expect. It means to anticipate with pleasure. It means to expect with confidence. That's what hope means. So the ability to truly expect good and be confident about it comes from God, comes from Him. Let's look at Ephesians 5.18 this evening. Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, or with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, we go back to verse 18, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you say, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, you know what part of the will of God is. It's to give thanks in everything. We are to be thankful for what we do have, and thankful for where we're going. Thankful for what God has done, and thankful for what He will do. Being thankful is more than just being thankful for what you have. It's also, uh, well, it's not just being thankful for what you have, the things you can see, but it's also being thankful for what is in your future based on what God has said. So a lot of times we focus, I mean, that's fine and good to focus on the fact that we're thankful for what we have. You know, that's what Thanksgiving was. You know, how it was established is that God brought um, the settlers through, the pioneers through, and through so much, and they set aside this time to acknowledge that it was actually God who helped them. And that's what we're actually doing, you know, tomorrow is that we're honoring God. Now, this should be part of our life, like we just read these verses. It should be part of our life all year round. Like every day, it says, in everything give thanks. Giving thanks always. So it's not just on a special day. You know, some people don't, all Thanksgiving is, is just a time to eat. And thank God that we can eat. I mean, there's, we'd, we'd be lying if we said we don't like the food. I mean, I don't know. I would be lying if I said I didn't, didn't like the food. I enjoy the food um, and that part of it, but it's not just that. We are actually getting together to, to acknowledge God, and that's why we've set together that or set aside that special time, is to thank Him, and it was established to thank Him for what He had done. But there's another element 
when we're talking about giving thanks, it's saying giving thanks for all things, in everything give thanks. There is a thanking God for the future. You're thanking, a, you're thanking God for where you're going. And when you're doing that, that is expectation, that is hope, that is, you have to have faith, you have to believe something in order to thank God for something that you don't have yet. So you're thanking God for where you're going. You're thanking God for the future. Well, by definition, if you don't have it yet, if you're not there yet, if you haven't experienced it yet, then if you're truly thanking Him for it, then you're expecting something that you don't see. So that is, you have to have faith to do that, and faith breeds hope, which is expectation. If you're thanking Him, you're expecting it to be there. Do you see that? And so this is tied with hope. It's, when we're thanking God, we're thanking Him for what He's going to do, and it keeps us in the mode of expecting something. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. What is thanks be to God? That's thanking Him who gives us, that's talking about all the time, perpetually, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That means He has, that means He will. 2 Corinthians 2.14 It says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God. Again, what's it, what is it doing? He's thanking God. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Who always. That means he has, but that means he will. So he's going to. That means in the future he's going to lead us in triumph in Christ, so you're expecting that it's going to keep happening. In the, the New Living Version, New Life Version, I think it's NLV. So this is a different one. I have a, a different one. We'll, we'll read this one. It says, We thank God for the power of Christ as God has given us. He leads us and makes us to win in everything. Okay, so that's the right version, just different lettering. So we thank, thank God for the power Christ has given us, He leads us and makes us win in everything. Thank God, He makes us win in everything. So that means as you're approaching a circumstance, a problem, a challenge, you're thanking Him that He always causes us to win. Well, then that, that you have a situation that's in front of you. That is a challenge. We're expecting Him and thanking Him that He's always causing us to win. So you're coming up against something. How we're looking at the situation, how we're uh, looking at what God has said is going to affect our reaction, the reaction of hope, the reaction of expectation, the reaction of faith is going to be, thank you, God, that I'm going to win here too. I'm going to win. Well, that's 
That's an act of praise. That's an act of thank, thanking, but it's before you have it. See, that's different. We can look back and say, thank you for what you've done. And that's really important because you can remember what he's done. So it can, it can help stir you up. It doesn't give you faith, but it can help stir you up for going forward. You can look back and say, Lord, thank you that you did this. Thank you that you did that. Thank you that you did this. And then, and if you think about it like this, when you look backward and look at what he has done for you and thank him for it, part of that is remember what you were thinking when you were going through that situation and how it looked then. It's really easy when you're on the other side to forget all that, and because the devil will tell you this. You'll thank him for what, what he did before, but, well... Oh, I knew that was going to come. I mean, it's so obvious that was going to happen. And so, but what are we going to do about the forward thing? But if you look, you know, in front of you, we don't know what's going to happen here. But if you look back and remember what you were actually thinking when you were going through and the challenge, then most, many times, you were in the same, a similar situation that you are now. In other words, you look back and what you were facing then, you didn't know how you were going to get through then. You didn't know how you were going to get to the other side, yet God was faithful. So then when you thank Him for it, you, you bring it to the present time. You're saying, God, I, I don't know now. I don't see how now. But you were faithful then, and you'll be faithful now. And you, you were true then to your word, and you're going to be true now. And so that that focuses us in the right place, but it takes now, it puts you in a mode of expectation when you're looking ahead and thanking Him. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to, the, the, to His purpose. You can be facing something and say, and, and the enemy will tell you, there's no way. There's no way this is going to work out. This is a verse you can, you, I mean, these verses together, you can, you can quote and say, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. It's going to work out anyway. We're going to win anyway because we just got done reading two verses that said He always causes us to triumph. He always gives us the victory. So we can look and say, look, I don't know. I see how things don't look right, but God said that He would make it work out for good anyway. It doesn't mean He's orchestrating everything, you know, doing the bad and the good. It means that we live in a fallen world, and even if we come up against challenges... We can thank Him anyway when you start thanking Him and saying, Lord, I know you, you always cause us to triumph. Lord, you give us the victory. You always cause us to win. You cause all things to work together for good to those who love you, to those who are the called according to your purpose. I love you. I'm called according to your purpose. I am going to win in this instance. I'm going to triumph in this instance. So that praise is actually setting your expectation and working with your expectation to go forward in this case. And that's what we have to do when we, when we come up against a challenge. We can say, I don't know this time. And if you let your thank, thanksgiving and your thankfulness drop, 
It's tied to your attitude. And there is no, listen to this, there is no place between thankful and unthankful. As soon as you start being unthankful about where you're going, or as soon as you stop being thankful, you are unthankful. And when you're unthankful, that means you don't really expect anything good, which means your faith is dropping, your hope is not there, which means where, what's going on? Where are you going? What's going to happen? You're thinking, God may have come, come through this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, but I don't know. I don't see how. This situation is impossible. Well, then you don't expect anything to change. You don't expect anything good, and you're not going to be thankful. But the minute you go from unthankful, see, people think you can just be in kind of a middle ground. Well, I'm not unthankful, but I'm not thankful. I'm just kind of, uh. no, that's the same as being unthankful, right? You know, if somebody, uh, you know, gives you a gift, you can be thankful or you cannot be thankful. There's not like, if you're not thankful, then you are by definition unthankful. You either said thank you, you either showed grat- gratitude, or you didn't. It's not like, well, did you thank them? I ah, kind of. What does that even mean? So we need to, to realize that there is, it's subtle. Satan works in shades, uh, you know, when it's muddy. He likes, to, he likes the gray areas where, well... I don't know. It could be right, could be not. And when we realize that if I'm being unthankful, then I'm not really expecting anything. And actually, there's a lot more going on than me just not being thankful. But when I turn into being thankful, one of the easiest ways to turn up your expectation and get you focused on the right thing is just to start thanking God. It's one of the easiest ways to to get in faith is just to start thanking Him for what He's going to do. Because you don't, you don't see it, you don't necessarily understand, but you can just start thanking Him anyway, because His Word says it. Lord, you caused me to triumph. You, you always give me the victory. And you're looking, go, your head's going, there's no way. But you're going to thank Him anyway. Lord, I thank you that you are working this thing out for, for my good and your glory, and you don't see any way it could work out. You're saying, I'm thanking you. See, that's faith. That you start expecting. You don't, you're, why are you expecting? Because God said something. But if you were to look in the, the natural, there's nothing. Well, by thanking God, you're saying something. It puts your attention on Him. It puts your attention where it's supposed to be, which is on Him. Why don't you look at Acts 16, verse 16. We'll see an example of this here. It says, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. 
And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive and observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So, Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel. They, this, this girl, what, which had a spirit of divination, fortune-telling, um, was harassing them, and eventually, by the gifts of the Spirit, Paul uh, cast that thing out, and then the people that had the slave girl uh, saw that their hope of profit was gone, so they got mad, and they got everybody riled up against Paul and Silas, so they were thrown into prison. They, they, had, they were beaten, you know, and says they had many stripes, laid many stripes on them that were beaten, you know, stripes on their back, wounds. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So then they were in the inner prison and their feet were fastened with stocks. So they're bleeding, they're in prison, and all because they're serving Jesus. In verse 25, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. At midnight, they were singing, they were praying and singing hymns to God. The, the King James Version of that verse says they prayed and sang praises to God. They prayed and sang praises to God. When are they singing praises to God? When they are in jail, when they are bleeding, when for all they know, they're not getting out, and it's, in, it's at midnight, and what are they doing? They're singing praises. They're glorifying God. They're honoring God. Paul's the one that wrote 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He's the one that wrote 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He's the one that wrote Romans 8, 28, that says, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to the, those that are the called according to his purpose. He's the one that wrote those letters. And now he's in jail. And he, now when he hits in jail, he wrote all this stuff, but then he just says, forget it, I'm just going to sit here and I don't know why this is all happening. That's not what he did. He praised God in the middle of the night with his back bleeding. He praised God anyway. He's thanking God. He's worshiping God. He's got to believe God right now. He, he knows God is God and God's still going to bring him through at this point. Verse 26 then, so we read, Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, praising God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So they're singing, and don't look like anything's happening. And then verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. How often does that happen? 
and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. So this isn't just a destructive earthquake, normal earthquake. An earthquake would shake and everything falls apart. This one, all the doors opened and their chains fell off. That's not the normal sequence of events when there's an earthquake. This was, like somebody said, it was a God quake. God was releasing them. Normally, when the earth shakes, it doesn't cause your uh, chains to fall off and then the doors to fly open and that's it. Usually, things are going to start coming down. But in this case, everything was open. Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And then he, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. So when at the beginning of this narrative or at the point where they're put in prison, Paul has preached the gospel, he's been beaten He's been put in innermost prison. He's in stocks, and it's the middle of the night. And then they are praising God and thanking God anyway and believing God. You know there was faith there. The fact that they are praising God when it just looked like they went completely backwards and they're, they're not, they're, it's not working, and they're put in prison, and they just got beat up, literally, you know there's faith there for him to be praising God anyway. In other words, they didn't say, what? This is nonsense. Why is this happening? Forget it. The last thing I want to do is praise God. What's going to happen now? What, are we going to stay here? He could have, they could have gone down that place, but instead, they're praising God in the middle of all that happening. It doesn't look like anything's going to change, but there is obvious faith, there is obvious expectation that the same God that's brought them through over and over has the ability to do it now. So they are praising God, and then the next thing that happens is the whole place shakes, all the doors go open, their chains fall off, the jailer comes to him and says, how can I be saved? And then his whole household is saved, and they're out of jail. That's quite a turn of events. It completely turned around. And if you keep reading, then they went and they went to check on them the next day and they're not there. They're already out of jail. They didn't even know they were gone. That's a, that's a complete turnaround from they got beat up and they're in jail to they're free and people are getting saved. That is always the way it looks. When you are walking through a challenge in life, you don't see how you could get from point A to point B. It looks like it may be impossible. You can't see it, but God has not changed. He's always the same. And if we'll look to Him, part of thanking Him is thanking Him for stuff that you cannot see, but you know Him, and you know even if you can't see it, He can turn it around just like that. 
And so thank, thanking Him for things that are in the future is a way for us to just build up our faith, to encourage our faith, to get our minds in the right place and to say, God, you are still on the throne. You're still the one that gives victory. I expect victory anyway, even if it looks like black of night in the dungeon, back bleeding, no way out. I mean, there was literally no way out. They were in chains. They were... They were in prison. There's no way to get out of that except God totally got them out of it, and they kept their eyes on Him. And then I'm going to tell you over and over, there's no way out of this time. Oh, sure, you got out of that, and God, okay, fine, fine, but that was a coincidence. That was just going to happen anyway, but what about this? And that's when we say, Lord, I thank you. I don't know about this. If you focus on what about this, you may just say, yeah, I don't see it either. I mean, it's hopeless. But if you look at him and say, thank you, Lord, thank you, I still expect in you. Expect what? Expect you to do what you always do. I expect you to come through. I'm, I'm still hopeful in you. I'm going to thank you and I'm going to give you glory now. I'm going to praise you. You know, those, those, those uh, other prisoners could have been like, what are you praising God for? Because it says the other prisoners heard them. So it wasn't like they were doing it quietly. The other prisoners heard them praise God, and they could have been thinking, what are you nuts? You're praising God for what? You just got beat up for your God. You just got imprisoned for your God. Why, why are you singing? But they knew God. They knew what He could do, and they just kept on praising Him anyway, and God did what He always does, and the next moment, they're free, and they're looking back and saying, that's why I was praising God. See, He did it again. And that's in, their, that's in their rear view mirror. That's a testimony again, and they just keep trucking. And then something comes up, well, we don't know what to do, but we know what to do. We may not know what to do in the situation, but we know one thing we can do. We're going to praise Him, and we're going to thank Him, and we're going to glorify Him. The devil will say, what are you doing that for, fool? There's nothing you can do. He knows what to do, and he has the power to get me through. There's no way that Paul... Of apostle of Jesus Christ, but no way in his own power he can make all the doors fly open and the chains fall off. But God could. So what we, we just need to be like that. Say, well, I don't know. You're right. I don't know. But I know one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to praise the Lord God. I'm going to give Him glory. I'm going to say, Lord, you know what to do. I'm just going to thank you. You haven't changed. You're a good God. We thank you right now. We're going to glorify you right now and just keep doing it. They say, what, when do you, how long do you do that? You just keep doing it until, and you believe Him. See, that'll keep your expectation in the right place, keep your focus in the right place, because what are you going to do anyway? If, you know, you can get to places where if God doesn't come through, you're done anyway. Well, He can do it. When your strength runs out, when your ability isn't there, He can do it. Psalm 107, 21 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. To His wonderful works, what He do has done, and for His wonderful works, what He's going to do. The things that are in my future, but are soon going to be in my past. And I just keep praising Him for those things, and they become in my past. So I'm thanking Him for more and more things in, in, the, in the past and in the future. Verse 22 says, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Declare 
his works. Declare what he's done and what he's going to do and just say, Lord, you're on the throne, you're good, and I'll see the victory again, and as I do, I'll give you glory, but I'm going to give you glory right now. Amen?